Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we are talking about the experience of being sexually attracted to yourself, which I am going to call self-attraction. I don't hear anybody else talking about this in the professional world, but in my work with my students and clients and in my own story, I see this come up a lot. Sometimes the specific type of porn you pursue or the sexual fantasies that feel extremely arousing are not focused on somebody else, focus on yourself. And that has certainly been true for me. So today I'm going to explain three types of sexual self-attraction. Another acronym of SSA. (laughs) I hope that's not confusing for people. Um, I'm also going to share my own story of being sexually attracted to myself as an example. And then I'm going to give you my best advice on what to do if you are sexually attracted to yourself. And before we get into this topic, I want to remind you that we have some amazing episodes of Husband Material on the topics of sexual arousal, attraction, fantasies, and desires. And I'm putting the links to all those in the show notes so you can listen to those as well. And this is actually going to be the topic of my upcoming session at the Porn Free Man Conference, which is coming up in January. You can register now at thepornfreeman.com where I will be doing a session on what do I do with my sexual attractions. It's going to be awesome. And if you like this episode, then you are going to love that conference. Let's get back to the topic. Let's start with the three types of self-attraction. You could be attracted to your own touch, to your own image, or to your own type. What do I mean by your own touch? Well, at some level, we are all sexually aroused by our own bodies through masturbation. If you have masturbated, then you have been aroused by yourself. Some level, there is a part of you that is stimulated and aroused by your own touch, which I would like to point out is the touch of a man. So if you're a man and you have masturbated yourself, then you have been aroused by a man masturbating you, which is really interesting to consider that every time you masturbate, it's a man who's doing it. And that man is you. We all need to deal with our own self-stimulation and the way that even our own bodies can be arousing to us. I say that with the hope of taking away some of the stigma that if you're sexually aroused by your own body, hey man, you're not weird, you're normal. Anybody who masturbates has had that experience. But for some of us, it goes a step further. Not only being aroused by our own touch, but being aroused by our own image. For example, looking at yourself in a mirror and being extremely aroused by that. Maybe you're looking at a certain part of your body. Maybe you're looking at your naked body and that's incredibly attractive and arousing to you. And that is something that I have personally dealt with. I have spent embarrassing amounts of time looking at my own face in the mirror, specifically my teeth specifically my smile, and I'll get into that later. The point is, for some of us, the addictive cycle is fueled not by focusing on someone else, but by focusing on myself. Isn't that interesting? 
It's also very common for us to be attracted to our own type, whether that's physically or whether that's emotionally and a personality. Oftentimes, we fall in love with someone who's just like us. There's a great clip of Seinfeld where Jerry Seinfeld is talking to Kramer and he says, I think I'm in love. This woman is incredible. She's just like me. She talks like me. She acts like me. We even have the same initials. Now I know what I've been looking for all these years. Myself. I've been waiting for me to come along. There's actually some truth in that. Jerry was joking, yet he's touching on something I think that's very deep, which is this. Oftentimes, the people who we find exciting or arousing are people who have our own qualities. And I've noticed this with the men who I help and coach and teach. Part of my process of helping men outgrow porn involves facing your fantasies, learning to identify and understand what you find most sexually irresistible. I want to pause here and invite you to get curious about some of your specific sexual arousal. Think of the type of person who you're really drawn to, either physically or in their personality. Think about the details and then compare that to yourself. And I don't just want you to think about the physical. Think about emotional qualities. Think about the person's personality in the specific type of person or the specific type of porn that you find to be extremely exciting, interesting, attractive. Are they kind and gentle? Are they confident and powerful? Take note of those things because I have a hunch they might just be clues that can help you understand yourself better. What's going on when we find ourselves attracted to someone just like us or even to our own bodies? Here's my running hypothesis. Much of what we are sexually drawn to are the good qualities we actually possess but don't see in ourselves. Let me say that again. Much of what we are sexually drawn to are the good qualities we actually possess but don't see in ourselves. Could it be that you are drawn to the good qualities that you possess but don't see in yourself? My friend, what if you already are the beauty that your soul has been longing for? In the words of Jerry Seinfeld, now I know what I've been looking for all these years, myself. I've been waiting for me to come along. Could it be that you have not only been searching for God underneath your sexual struggles, but that you've actually been searching for God in you, for the unique aspect of God's image that is revealed in who you are physically and your personality and so forth. And if you're not sure about this, I want to give you an example of what it actually looks like in my own life. My own sexual attractions have always focused on mouths, teeth, smiles, and the sexual fetish for braces that I often talk about on this podcast. It's often the first thing I notice about a person. I can spot someone with braces from a mile away because I am so quick to notice. I am so attuned to that. Um, and it's not lost on me that for most of my life, I have been very insecure about my own smile. In fact, there's a picture of me which I'll put on the screen if you're watching the video of this, of me 
as a young boy where I'm hiding my lips. In fact, I think from ages like six to eight, I was tucking my lips in like this, mm, not showing any of my lips because I was ashamed that my lips were red. I think part of that was the trauma of being kissed by my grandmother with her bright red lipstick. Part of that was watching cartoons where all the characters had perfectly white straight teeth. And here I am as a six or seven year old with my teeth falling out. And, and, uh, and there's another traumatic story that I want to share in another episode. I've always wondered about my smile. I remember looking at both my parents thinking, wow, they have such a great smile. I hope I have a smile as good as them one day. My greatest fear, I think even to this day, is of chipping a tooth. Even saying that is difficult for me, but it's true. And I've spent so many hours in front of a mirror examining my teeth, wondering, did I lose just a little fraction of a tooth uh, when somebody bumped me today while playing basketball? And as I got older, I was obsessed with braces. And I thought maybe if I got braces that that obsession would stop or that it would decrease. The exact opposite happened. I remember the day I got braces, I came home and spent, gosh, at least an hour looking at my teeth in the mirror and this new appliance in my mouth and masturbating to myself. So now not only did my arousal escalate, I'm now being aroused by my own body by myself. This is something I haven't shared on the show before and that I haven't shared with many people is that I actually have experienced same-sex attraction primarily to myself, looking at my own teeth or in my imagination, sexually fantasizing about myself, specifically my smile that I've always been ashamed of to a large degree or anxious about losing hoping that I have a smile that's good enough for a girl to like me and want to kiss me. The truth is, I have a beautiful smile. And I can say that. And intellectually, I do believe that. And I'm learning to believe that more and more emotionally. But I never saw that in myself. I was always so ashamed. I was always so critical. And I would notice every time I chipped a tooth just a little bit, oh, it would be the worst thing in the world for me. So devastating. (sighs) Oh. And every time I looked at myself in the mirror with fear, with shame, with all kinds of questions that I never talked about with anyone, I really felt bad about myself. The interesting thing is that in my own private fantasies, I would think about that very image and it would bring me sexual arousal. The very focus of my fear and shame also was the focus of my arousal. There is a direct connection between my insecurity and my arousal. And it's not just me. I'm beginning to see more and more patterns and it seems to be resonating with a lot of guys. One husband material man put it this way. I have mountains of insecurity about my own body. So my glory, part of the image of God in me, became a source of shame, hiding and dissatisfaction with myself. In the shame, I turned to porn looking for beauty in other men, not realizing it was already mine. What I see as defective and deficient in myself is actually delightful. I need to reclaim my own glory. I am a man of beauty, worthy of God's love. Isn't that so good? 
So what about you? What good parts of yourself have you rejected or disowned? Is there a part of your body or your personality that you see as not good enough? What if God sees that part of you as glorious? You don't know you're beautiful. So (laughs) what do we do with all of this? If you don't know you're beautiful, what do you do? What do you do if you're sexually attracted to yourself or to the qualities that you actually possess, but you don't see in yourself? My friend, I have two words for you. Take ownership. You are a man of beauty, worthy of God's love. Own it. Reclaim your beauty and strength. Release fear and shame because you're not gross. You are glorious. That might sound really good, but how do you do that? It takes a lot of revealing and healing. And by the way, I am not suggesting that the goal is to remove attraction to yourself. That would be, first of all, probably impossible and unethical and overall unhelpful. Rather, what we can do is reveal where these attractions came from and heal the wounds underneath them. Revealing and healing. That's what we can do. And this is not somehow going to magically make the attractions disappear. Rather, it's going to give you greater confidence. You'll feel more confident in how you look. You'll feel more confident in who you are, less ashamed, less afraid, and maybe even less aroused by the attractions and urges that have historically felt magical. Maybe your sexual self-attraction could become less magical and more manageable. That's what I've experienced. And it has taken a lot of revealing and healing. What do I mean by that? Well, revealing looks like understanding your story, working through your specific childhood experiences. What happened to you that shouldn't have happened? What didn't happen to you that should have happened? For me, why did I feel the need to hide my smile even at six years old? Why was I so afraid of chipping a tooth? And in fifth grade, why did it devastate me when I actually did chip a tooth? Understanding how your specific sexual template developed can be super helpful. And it's incomplete without healing. See, revealing is not the same as healing. And I hear this all the time from guys. They say, oh, I know where this all came from. I understand my issues. I see what my problem is. I've learned so much about my brokenness but I'm still stuck. And that's why I want to emphasize that revealing is not the same as healing. Understanding can help. That is going to set you up, hopefully for some healing experiences, so you can get what you truly needed but didn't get as a boy. Healing comes when you not only understand your story, but you rewrite your story so that the wounded parts of you carrying fear, shame, struggling in isolation, can actually receive the love, acceptance, affirmation, and affection that we were all designed to receive, that our hearts desire deeply, that God wants to give to us. And so healing actually is more than revealing. It's filling the gaps, getting what you didn't get that you truly needed, and being able to overflow to others. In many ways, the work of outgrowing porn depends on revealing your story and healing your wounds. And if you would like my help with this, 
please come to my workshop at the upcoming Porn Free Man Conference in January. I will be leading a session on what do I do with my sexual attractions? It will be all about revealing and healing, giving you an experience of your own beauty, strength, and goodness. It'll be all about identifying, understanding, appreciating, and managing the sexual attractions that may have felt magical in the past, but they can become manageable with more revealing and more healing. So register now at thepornfreeman.com and always remember, man, you already are God's beloved son. In you, he is well-pleased. Well-pleased.